This is Wealth of Ohio with Robert Dodaro from Prism Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Robert provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Wealth of Ohio with Robert Dodaro. And welcome to the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. I am your host, Robert Dodaro, the founder of Prism Wealth Management. And this show is all about helping you, the people of Ohio, better understand what's going on in the world, what's going on in the economy, what's going on in the markets in your 401k, basically anything that involves your wealth. We're hopefully here to give you a little bit extra information each week. Uh, And as always, we do a little special bonus segment for our podcast listeners at the end. So we'll tell you how you can check that out if you're hearing us on the radio as we go along. But with me, as always, this week, we have our co-hosts, Mr. Tony Shore and Matt Gilbert. How are you doing this week, Tony? I am doing great. Thanks for asking, Robert. I've had a good week. I really enjoy the fall. Uh, I love this time of year. Uh, My Vikings are doing well. That's my football Mm -hmm. team. I grew up Mm -hmm. in Minnesota, as you know, so I've got to root for the home team there. But uh, that's good. Otherwise, I'm great. How about you guys? Matt, what have you been up to, Mr. Gilbert? I am happy that somebody finally caught up to me and mm-hmm. passed the 40 into the 41 age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for you don't, <laughs> those who don't remember, I didn't listen <laughs> last right. week, you know, Matt, Matt's birthday was Monday. My birthday was Saturday. So, and we're actually born the same year. So Matt is five days older than me, the old man, uh, uh yes. with that, you know, but uh, yeah, so we had a good week last week. You know, I, I, I definitely enjoyed spending the time with my family. And, you know, uh, the, the, the best part was right when the day started. My four-year-old son woke up early, uh, came into my room and laid down in bed with us. And just all he, right, as soon as he did, got in there, he just said, happy birthday, dad, and gave me Aww. a hug. Oh, right. You know, like that, that's all you need on your birthday. It's not like you need presents when you get older or anything else like that. Although, uh, we did have a lot of fun. My kids got me some Nerf guns and things like that. So I, uh, you know, I, I had some fun with that with them, of course. Uh, but you know, it's, it's those memories and those things that stick with you longer more so than Nerf guns or anything else. It's just the memory of having fun. The, you know, the time, I, I mean, my son still fights with me. He's, he's planning on marrying his mom. Like no matter what, he's like, for, you know, first one to give mom a hug gets to marry her. And I have to race to try and hug my wife before oh, he no. gets there uh, with it as well. So he, he thinks that he's got an in. I'm like, dude, you got to buy the ring. Like, you, you know, I mean, you want, you want to show her you're serious, you know, <laughs> so, but, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a fun time. And, you know, overall, as, as crazy as the world is out there, uh, you know, it, it's always good to enjoy the little things and enjoy the moments with your family when you can. So. But this week, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, we, we, we the inflation report came out last week. We want to talk about that. We finally know the information on that. And because of that, we know what's going to happen with Social Security and how much money people are going to be getting extra next year in Social Security. But... Through that, uh, there's also Medicare stuff we've talked about in the past. And I came across an interesting article in the New York Times that I wanted to talk about, talking about Medicare fraud. So uh, the the reality is we, we came up with a question and the idea of, you know, really, what's, what's costing you more, the people of Ohio, uh, inflation or fraud, 
right? That's, you know, what, what's taking more money out of your pocket? So we're going to have that debate this week on the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. Uh, and I guess it starts with inflation. So Matt, uh, what that we had the inflation report last week. What, you know, what, what's the scoop? What's the lowdown on that? 8.2. I think it was 8.3, right? 8.3. 8.3. I think they're expecting 8.1. Um, what was it last month? 8.1 last 8. month. 8.1. So it did it, it did Ticked go up, up a little, little bit, bit, just a little bit. But uh, set 8.3 was the high yeah. two months ago. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hovering. You know, the past couple reports say it's hovering. Uh, but if you take out food and gas, core inflation was only up 6.6. So, uh, you know, I, the average person does not take food and gas out of it. Right, Mr. Tony? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, especially in retirement, you keep eating food and using gas. Uh, mm-hmm. We all do, so I don't know why they remove certain things from the figures, uh, from yeah. their formula. <laughs> And how that's considered core, right? Like food and gas is something like everyone buys throughout the rest of their life. You would think that would be a core measurement of inflation, but no, we we take that out to get core inflation. The government's Uh, calculation that they use, uh, the the calculation they use to come up with what inflation is at is crazy in my opinion. So, yeah, it's interesting to see as well, too. And I think what, you know, it it was interesting because when the report came out, like we talked about it last week, Tony, we made our predictions. We said inflation would go up and the markets would go down. But interestingly enough, the day that inflation was announced, the markets went up quite a bit. And it was the next day that they went down a lot more <laughs> with that as well. So, you know, in my mind, what I think happened is inflation did go up. It only went up a little bit. Like I said, it's hovering these past few months, uh, which means it's not getting worse, you know, in there. It's hovering where it is. Uh, and I think that led to optimism in the markets that the Fed is not going to be raising by 1% uh, at the next meeting. I think that's the only real logical explanation I have for why the markets went up that day but then reality came crashing back down with the Europe, uh, European actions. We'll talk a little bit about that. But what, what about do you think the about? actions of OPEC? OPEC plus. OPEC plus that had an impact on things as well, too, causing the markets to go down. Uh, I mean, you, it's a global economy, folks. You know, I mean, things that happen, they're the reasons why the market's jumping uh, early this week is because Britain reversed course and said that they're uh, going to cut back on their tax and spending plans, which means they're going to try and take inflation more seriously, which was reassuring to the global markets that, hey, England's got their stuff under control, or at least they seem to have a better grasp on these things. Uh, but as things go, we we talked about how China selling off the dollar has helped the U.S. markets, how uh, Britain making their actions recently is helping the U.S. markets as well, too. Um, all of these things weave together to create a narrative that says, hey, maybe maybe the government's figuring out what the heck they need to do. Right. Like dare to hope, dare to dream that like maybe they finally learned uh, that they can't spend their way out of inflation. Do you think it's that the government figured it out or kind of what um, Lizanne Summers said when we were at that elite advisors forum Mm -hmm. where she talked about things are rolling over at different stages? Oh, yeah. Housing markets rolling over, but. 
another market's rolling over later, so it's not happening well, all at once. Well, I'll say this. Maybe I needed to correct what I say there. It's not that the markets uh, think the governments have got their handle on this. It's just that the markets have hope that maybe they've gotten a handle on this. And that's uh, just like, uh, you know, we, we, when we listen to everybody, uh, Brian Belsky and all that, like he said, the markets are hungry for good news. And when they see good news, they're jumping on it. Uh, so I think that's part of what we're seeing and what caused the problems in there. But the good news about inflation, you know, and, and and all this going up for you, at least, is that, you know, you did get a Social Security increase because of that. So Social Security benefits uh, are going up by 8.7% for everyone next year. So even if you're not drawing Social Security, your benefit is growing. Your benefit gets the cost of living adjustment as well, too. So this impacts and helps everybody along the way uh, and even makes it to where uh, so when you when you look at Social Security, it's your 35 best years of earnings. And you may look at it and say, well, in 1975, I only made $5,000 that year. Keep in mind that $5,000 is also adjusted for inflation every year. And it got an 8.7% raise this year as well, too. So all of this helps and contributes to higher Social Security benefits, which will hopefully help people on the monthly costs, especially when you factor in that we looked at Medicare prices were going down uh, last week as well. So there's at least some good news on the inflationary front, right? So Robert, kind of projecting out Mm -hmm. next year, 2024, inflation gets under control. Mm -hmm. Would they ever reduce Medicare back down or would they keep it there and just have a flat year? Well, that's what they did this year with Medicare. I mean, they they had a basically I mean, a flat year, but Social, Social Security. No, they, they I, they've there's never been a negative. I don't I don't remember. Maybe back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, there was. I'd have to go back and check, what but I believe like those the were seventies and eighties when we had huge inflation running. They didn't. There, there wasn't any. That, that would have increased the benefits. It did, so it's only if you have negative uh, inflation on the year and you have deflation on the year that you run the risk of benefits going down. There was one year back, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, where technically we had deflation, but the government spent so much money just to, to bring it back up to try and get it to zero that year. So it just depends on what number you're using and what's calculated or what's counted in there and what's not. But um, in any case, if we're talking about what's worse. If we're talking is inflation worse uh, or is fraud worse, we're going to talk about some of the fraud things that we see uh, coming up here in our next segment. But realistically, when I look at inflation, yeah, it's bad. It's a tax on everybody. I mean, realistically, when you have high inflation, everything becomes more expensive. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, you're paying more. However, at least with inflation, I see the benefit of, okay, well, at least you're making more money from Social Security. There's at least a plus on that side. And when can people expect for that cost of living adjustment? January. January I mean, it kicks in right away, you know, so um, actually, I believe it kicks it in December, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, yeah, so no, it starts January one, they they notify you in December, but it starts in January one. So yeah, no, I mean, that's at least a positive that we're seeing from inflation uh, with it as well. Other positives, you know, we're, we're going to see the tax brackets for 2023 coming up and inflation will mean that uh, the lower tax brackets actually uh, get bigger as well, too. So inflation does have some benefits 
with how things are calculated by the government from tax rates and, and, and social security uh, and other programs out there. It, it can lead to more savings and more benefit for you there too. But you got to figure out how to take advantage of those opportunities and how to do proper planning. This is part of the reason why we have our complimentary workshops, right? Like we uh, always do our best to try and provide, you know, good informational resources to people. And our workshops are one of the best places to do that. Uh, We're going to be out in Wadsworth at the Galaxy Banquet Center and Restaurant. Uh, it's going to be Tuesday, November 8th and Wednesday, November 9th. Uh, that that night we're talking Social Security. So uh, claiming strategies, how to try and maximize reasons why you should delay, reasons why you should take early, uh, you know, how your pension, if you're a state employee, may be impacting that as well, too. Uh, try and cover a whole broad spectrum, spousal benefits, survivor benefits, all of the above. Uh, and it's a complimentary dinner workshop. So you get free food and you get good information. Uh, as well, too. And it's complimentary to attend. So all you need to do is call 330-804-0123. Again, that's 330-804-0123. Or you can go to our events page on our website at myprismwealth.com. So I don't know, Tony. I mean, do you see any positives out of the inflation side? Anything you can think of as far as positive? I mean, obviously, we can think of lots of negatives, but any any pluses that maybe you could think of? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I want to be positive. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, obviously, if um, you're selling a certain good, maybe you're making more money because of inflation, but I doubt it because usually mm-hmm. it reduces the overall amount of actual sales. So, uh, but I would say, you know, if you're trying to sell a home now, maybe, but you still have to live somewhere and buy another house, I would assume. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when housing prices go up, it benefits the seller. Um, (laughs) And so uh, there's always that, but otherwise inflation going up, uh, I don't see how that helps anyone. I mean, you know, it slows down the economy when interest rates go up and inflation goes up. uh, Typically, our economy slows, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. we need an adjustment in growth. I don't know. That's a stretch, though. Yeah, uh, scraping the barrel as best as we can for you folks, you know, in there as well. So, but we're up against a break here. We're going to be back in just a moment with more of the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about what sort of fraud's going on out there and how that impacts you. Be back in just a moment with more of the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. When you think of a puzzle, what would you say is the most important piece? corner? A side piece? I would argue that the most important piece of a puzzle is the picture on the box. And the same can be said for your retirement. Robert Dodaro from Prism Wealth Management would love to show you your retirement picture. For more information, call 330-804-0123 or visit his website at wealthofohio.com. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through AEWM LLC. And welcome back to the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. I'm here with our hosts, Robert Dodaro and Matt Gilbert. And Robert and Matt, during the first segment, you brought up inflation. Of course you did. You had to. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're in 2022. If we weren't talking about how the market is down or interest rates are up, we're talking about how inflation is up. Um, but it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, there are ways to plan for these types of things. And I know you do your best, Robert, to help your clients have a plan in place that deals with things like 
rising inflation costs and you build it into the plan. Uh, but uh, you mentioned fraud before the break. Uh, what mm-hmm. are you talking about now? There's a lot of that out there, too. Well, yeah. So it's always been interesting. And this is Medicare season. So we talked about sure. Medicare before and how, you know, the monthly cost is actually going down next year, which is great for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, it's open enrollment season. And a lot of people are trying to decide if they want to keep their Advantage plan or if they want to maybe buy a Medigap policy or a supplement. So these options that we're talking about for, for the listeners out there, these are for the, the options that help cover what Medicare does not cover, right? Like Medicare pays 80% normally when you go to the hospital or when you go to the doctor for most things, uh, not for everything, but most things. So uh, Advantage plans and supplements or Medigap policies are ways of covering that extra 20%, maybe part of it, maybe all of it, depending on how much money per month you're willing to pay. A lot of people go into Advantage plans. I think it's about 52, 53% of the marketplace go into Advantage plans, according to this New York Times article that we saw. So why I bring this up is because I've said this before on shows throughout the years. Uh, you know, most people like to, you know, say the greedy health insurance companies, right? Like it's always those companies are being greedy and everything else like that. Um, but here's the interesting thing. We always talk about that when, we, when we're looking at the price of health insurance or through our company insurance. We don't really think about it on Medicare or Medicare Advantage plans in there as well, too. And interestingly enough, if you go back over the years and you look at what is the most profitable item for health insurance companies, uh, if you look at their balance sheet, it's Advantage plans, right? And and Matt, do you know how much the average Advantage plan costs for people? Uh, is it 15 to 20 bucks a month? Uh, if that, most of them are free. Uh, yeah, right? that's right. You know? A lot of them so, are free. A lot of them are free. So how is it something that cheap that covers a lot of medical expenses for people and pays a lot of medical bills when people are paying so little is the most profitable item for the companies? And this New York Times article did a pretty good job of going into the numbers of it. So you know, wanted to dive into it. So they looked at the top 10 Medicare Advantage providers uh, with this, and they they organized them by who's been accused of fraud by a whistleblower from inside the company, who's been accused of fraud by the U.S. government, and who has been overbilling the government according to an inspector general report. And out of the 10 largest Advantage plan providers, only one company got a clean bill of health. Eight of the 10 have been overbilling, according to the Inspector General. Half have been accused by fraud, of fraud by the U.S. government. Half have been accused by fraud of a whistleblower inside the company as well, too. And at least, so, four, and at least four out of the, out of the 10 uh, have mm-hmm. been accused of all three. Yeah, including exactly. the largest company out there. Yeah, United Healthcare Group. Yeah. yeah. So, in, in terms of all that, it, it's interesting to see um, who in, in some of these names, and even they talk about inside the article of companies offering, you know, champagne and bonus checks for doctors to come back in and look through their old medical records just to find extra medical, uh, you know, uh, diagnoses that they could put on someone to get more money out of Medicare. 
healthcare. Uh, companies said, hey, go back, look through your records. Is there anything we can add on to these people so that way we can bill Medicare for more money, right? And this is the problem I oh. have when you do have more nationalized type healthcare programs like Advantage Plan. The average person on the street, what they see with Advantage Plans is, hey, you know what? It, it, it's cheaper per month. It helps give me some extra coverage in there. Uh, it includes prescription, dental, vision, like it's comprehensive. Uh, some people get the silver sneakers programs with them. Even the agents who sell them. So you would think that if something costs nothing, the agent selling it wouldn't make very much money, you know, versus the one where you actually have to pay every month for it. But usually the Advantage plans pay almost twice as much as what the supplements do in there. So something that you pay nothing for pays the people selling it more and the companies that provide it more than it would from the one that you actually put money into. How in the world does that make sense? It right? doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And it's just because they know that they can go back to the government and bill the government for things, and the government's just going to stroke the check, you know, in terms of all that. The oversight is lacking in this area as well, too. And we've seen it throughout the years with different programs. It's not just Advantage programs, so I don't want to just pick on them. We've seen Medicare fraud over the years. Oh, yeah. uh, we've seen fraud with people getting their money taken from them over the years as well, too. All kinds of scams going against elderly people in there. So, you know, yeah. in my opinion, if I'm really breaking it down as to what I think, you know, I think fraud is definitely something that's costing people a heck of a lot more money than inflation is when you put right. it in perspective. So who do you think profits more from this? Mm -hmm. A doctor that adds an additional diagnosis so they get paid more because they've got more treatment. Mm -hmm. Or the insurance companies that are kind of pushing these extra diagnoses so they get their share, too. The insurance um, companies. Yeah, I would think the insurance companies would get more because the bulk of the payment of anything usually goes to the insurance companies. But the... the uh, no, I mean, honestly, that's a tough one. I would think the doctors would be just as incentivized. So, I mean, in, in terms of that, I think it would be based on the procedures. I think there's going to be a spectrum in there. Unless you actually had a breakdown of the prices and, and the rebates from the government, you'd never really know for sure. Right. Because a doctor can overbill. That's one of the things in Medicare. Like it, when you get a supplement, you can have a plan that actually says if your doctor charges more than what Medicare will pay, uh, the supplement will step up and help cover that that cost as where advantage plans may not have that extra protection in there too. Sure. So, well, so it all boils down to that, but yeah, what's, what's up, Tony? Well, one, the thing that uh, amazed me the most and just was the most shocking is the extent of the, uh, overbilling and the fraud that's going on here. Mm -hmm. Um, it said, uh, the article said that the additional diagnosis that they pushed the doctors to make led to $12 billion in overpayments in just 2020 alone. Mm -hmm. And that's according to the estimate from the group that advises Medicare on payment policies, a nonpartisan group that uh, was brought in to investigate. And that, that amount of money would be enough to cover all hearing and vision care for every single American over 65. Mm -hmm. So, so which is, you know, Medicare does not cover hearing and vision or dental. And those are the things Americans need the most, you know, seniors need a lot of. Uh, and mm -hmm. to think if they could eliminate this fraud, how much they could do with that money. 
Yeah, and it could be as high as $25 billion according to the article. And if oh. you put that in perspective, that's more than we spend on NASA. That's more than we spend on CHIP, the, you know, the health insurance benefit for children. Um, you know, it's more than we spend on custom and border protection, more than we spend on the FBI, more than we spend on the EPA, uh, even more than we send out, spend on the prison systems during wow. a year. You know, with that as well. So it is definitely shocking when you look at the numbers and see how these things work uh, and say, okay, um, you know, in the end, there has to be some form of oversight. And realistically, it's up to if the government's going to have this program and say, we're going to pay for these things and they're not going to put proper oversight in there, then we have to ask, does it make sense for the government to be doing that function realistically? And it's not it's not a conversation most people want to have, because, again, no one wants to lose their benefits, right? Like no one wants to have less coverage, worse coverage or anything else like that. But at the same time, you have to say, okay, well, how much fraud and abuse can we tolerate uh, before the system has more harm than good? Right, you know, in there as well, and I think that's I think that's that that that's the objective question to ask, and I don't know that we can answer it on the show today for people, but uh, I do know one. You know, we're running up against the clock on our radio show. You know, one of the big frauds we talk about all the time in the Social Security Workshop, Matt, uh, is the taxes on Social Security and how that works in that system. Uh, And in a lot of ways, how it's robbing you of your wealth in retirement and making it to where a lot of the profits in your 401k, if there still are profits in your 401k after this year, um, are really going away to the federal government because of higher taxes. Uh, And it's something that takes a little bit of time for people to understand and people to see. But the reality is, is by taxing your social security, the government has figured out a way to get more of the profits from your 401k in their pocket. And so that's something we talk about in the workshops. We're going to be having that workshop, complimentary dinner workshop this time. Going to be out at the Galaxy Banquet Center, uh, an event room at uh, the uh, up in Wadsworth. Excuse me. It's going to be Tuesday, November eighth, or Wednesday, November 9th. Uh, you can register by calling 330-804-0123. and that's three three zero eight zero four zero one two three. Or you can register on our website, my prismwealth.com, but we'll be out in Wadsworth 6 p.m. on the 8th and 9th of November. You can come either night for a complimentary dinner workshop on Social Security, but lots to dive in there, and I know we're getting up against it, Matt, so what are your thoughts? Fraud, inflation, where are we at? Well, it seems like a reoccurring theme with the government with fraud, Mm because a couple months ago, didn't we talk about all the COVID fraud? Oh, yeah, COVID (laughs) fraud. You know, I mean, uh, we've talked about, yeah, uh, I mean, even going back to the, the bailouts of 08 no nine and the amount of fraud that happened back then. And every year it seems there's a whole bunch, you know, billions of dollars of fraud uh, in Medicare, Advantage plans, all kinds of different stuff out there as well, too. This is why some people don't like entitlement programs because they're not run efficiently. Yeah. So Um, inflation, like you said, there's good and bad. It's mostly bad. I mean, it's mostly bad. We'll admit there's some benefits, though. The thing that, you know, yeah, increased people's... um, Social Security benefit for 2023, but mm-hmm. what are they doing now? Yeah. They're on a fixed budget. Well, that's they're true. stressed out. Yeah. So you get a little extra Social Security and you save a little bit on your taxes with higher inflation, uh, but everything else is more expensive. Uh, as where fraud is just money out of your pocket and there's really no way of recouping it, right? Like even when they catch the people of fraud, like you don't hear about the government getting paid any money back and redistributing it to the rest of their budget. The you other know? thing that's funny about this fraud is this is something that benefits older people 
mm-hmm. but the fraud and it affects everybody that pays taxes. Yeah, exactly. So it's just a way of redistributing. And the article talks about that. And that's a good point. Uh, every week, we, we these articles we're mentioning, we do put in our mailing list. Uh, all we need is your name and email. We add you to the mailing list. Uh, you can give that information at 330-804-0123. And every week, you'll be notified of what we talk about on the show. You can click a link. You can get the bonus segment of the podcast. And today on the bonus segment, we are going to talk about long-term care because it is that, you know, it it doesn't fall in the fraud category or anything because it is a legitimate benefit. But how often do people really need long-term care? Because you'll hear people say 70% of people are going to need some form of long-term care. I don't know that that actually holds up. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in our bonus segment um, as well, too, and what options you may have for that. But if you're listening to our radio show, The Wealth of Ohio Show, we thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, We hope we brought some good information, some good value on inflation versus fraud. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more about long-term care when we come back, but that's all the time we have for The Wealth of Ohio Show this week. On behalf of Tony and Matt, I'm Robert Dodaro, the founder of Prism Wealth Management, and we hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Wealth of Ohio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Robert Dodaro at Prism Wealth Management. Call 330-804-0123 or visit them online at wealthofohio.com. Prison Wealth Management LLC is an independent financial service firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services are offered through Prison Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Welcome back to the Wealth of Ohio podcast. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and I'm here with our hosts, Robert Dodaro and Matt Gilbert. Awesome. So talking a lot today about fraud, inflation, extra costs, all these other things. And, you know, one thing I always get people asking me about is long term care. Right. Like, you know, Robert, I I don't want all my money going to the nursing home when I get older. Uh, I want to enjoy my retirement, but I don't want this hanging over my head. Should I be buying a long term care policy? Uh, And I would say overwhelmingly, most of the time, my answer is no um, with it as well. Now, not to say that you shouldn't have protection for long-term care, just that I don't think long-term care policies by themselves provide much great benefit because uh, most of the time what I see is people put money in, it gets more expensive the older they get, um, and there is a really good chance that you die without ever actually meeting the criteria necessary for the policy to pay you one cent out of it. So you could put a whole bunch of money in there and never get anything back out of it. And I really don't like that that idea or that proposition for most people. Um, if I, you know, I don't see how I could say I'm acting in someone's best interest. We'll say if if they could be putting money into something that they don't get a return on investment with, um, as well. So, um, in there now. 
just so people understand, so you may have a long-term care policy. I'm happy to look it over and tell you what my thoughts are, if it's a good one or not. But realistically, with long-term care, most people need to understand long-term care policies do not say like, hey, as soon as you need to go in a nursing home, we're going to start paying money, right? Like that's not how they work. Most policies will not pay one cent out unless you have lost two of six activities of daily living or you have cognitive impairment. Either one of those situations must be met for 90 days before anything gets paid out. So activities of daily living, they're like you can't feed yourself, bathe yourself, dress yourself, go to the bathroom by yourself, walk by yourself, or you know continence as well too. So you have to lose two of those for more than 90 days before one cent is paid out, okay? Uh, or you have to have cognitive impairment. This is Alzheimer's, dementia. You have to be diagnosed uh, and wait 90 days before anything happens. So if Alzheimer's runs in your family, yeah, having something that could protect you for against long-term care uh, is more prevalent. But one thing I've always, you know, uh, in, in, I guess I'm a researcher. Anyone who's listened to the show knows I love researching things. Uh, and I always try and research, okay, well, everyone says 70% of the time people are going to need long-term care as they get older. But where are the actual statistics on how often people lose two of six activity to, activities of daily living for more than 90 days? And how often often people have cognitive impairment for more than 90 days. So we found some great, uh, you know, resources on this that we're sharing with everybody. Um, and one of them is talking about the need for long-term care, and it gives a lot of great statistics. So uh, inside here, this, this is what, what I saw. On average, uh, if you are a man in your life, you will need about 1.5 years of long-term care assistance, okay? So if it's one and a half years, first off, knock off, you know, three months of that or a quarter of the year. So you need help paying for 1.25 years of long-term care. If you are a female, it's two and a half years, okay, again, minus three months, so you're really at 2.25 years. Most people on average, uh, you know, when you look at it, don't need long-term care for very long. It may be, hey, you had a hip surgery or a knee surgery that has you out of commission for a few months, but... It's not saying that everybody ends up in a nursing home. Like there's that one wing of the nursing home that we're always concerned about uh, with it as well. And what this says is, is that 53% of the time men will need no long-term care whatsoever. 42% of the time women will need no long-term care needs whatsoever. So only about half the population experiences it. Women experience it way more often because let's be honest, men, we know we die first, but we also know we usually have our spouse there to take care of us when we hurt our knees or our hips or our, you know whatever it is. We usually have them. But when we pass away and they need someone to take care of them, that's where planning really comes in. And that's where having resources and tools available because um, the the scary part, right, is I don't want to be in long-term care for a long time, right? And according to this article, uh, there's a 10% chance, one in 10 men over the age of 65 will need long-term care for more than five years. It is almost 18% for women will need long-term care for more than five years. So it's the women that need more 
more protection than men more often than not and need something to help them. Um, and there are a lot of great tools. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you uh, saw any statistics that jumped out at you or anything from here. I wanted your thought on the plan at Washington State. Okay. Uh, which one? Uh, it's page 72 on the Alzheimer's facts mm-hmm. and figures. Okay. So Washington State, as a state, came together and basically made their own long-term care that's state-funded that they pull from your taxes so that everybody has some sort of long-term care. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that or disagree with it? I disagree. Again, I think that, you know, uh, life is about risk in some ways um, in there. And again, with fraud and abuse and everything else that we see in that system, uh, I don't trust the government to handle it responsibly <laughs> in that control. But uh, I mean, maybe Oregon proves us wrong. I mean, uh, they're, they're, they're more adventurous and progressive, I guess, up in that area uh, as well, too. And we'll see if it pays off. But in the end, having long term care, uh, you know, putting money in. So think about it. If you the person who does need long term care for more than five years. Right. That is one of the most expensive things you could possibly go through. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it, it right. super is. It so if you're going to have insurance, twelve thousand dollars a month. Yeah, think you about, could think about that. So if you're going to have someone go through something that's expensive and you're looking to insure that risk, right? Insurance is all about sharing risk amongst a group of people. So if you were a company that wanted to help pay for long-term care and it's that expensive, you're going to need a bunch of people putting money into that system who ultimately get nothing back out of it. So that way you can pay for the person who needs the care and still turn a profit for yourself. Listen to the stats when you break it down. Yeah, go ahead. It's so it was Washington State and their program set up for payroll tax. Employees pay fifty eight cents per one hundred dollars earned. Okay, and they're going to wow. have it set up by twenty twenty five. They're estimating that it would pay out to thirty six thousand five hundred dollars per year or per month. Sorry. So, and full disclosure, folks, oh, this is yeah. lifetime benefit. Oh, just only 36,000 in lifetime benefits. Yeah. When that's you can a pay. drop in the bucket. Yeah, that's a that's, drop. In yeah. The I mean, like you're not really solving any problems with that. You're just doing it so you could say, well, we're doing something to help. But like, <laughs> I mean, that's like if you're concerned about the three environment and everything else like that, saying like, <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm charging my car with natural gas instead of burning oil. So I'm doing something better. Right. Like that. <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, yes, it is. I mean, in the end, it, it does help, but it's not as big of a benefit as you may think that it is as well, too. And full disclosure, folks, the Alzheimer's fact and figure, this is from the, 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 the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, uh, they, they basically, it is their full annual report that they release. So it is 122 pages. Matt, I'm impressed you made it to page 72. I did not get in that far uh, with it this <laughs> week skipped. as well, too. I went right to the long-term Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's you know, a lot you of information. Learn, learn how to use that table of contents and find what you're looking for in those indexes, right? You know, but no, in the end, you have to ask yourself how often these things happen. And in my opinion, if you're trying to find something that you can use that would help protect you uh, for if you needed long-term care or something along those lines, uh, but you didn't want to put money into something that ultimately you, you couldn't get money back out of, this is when we look at life insurance for people because you can have a life insurance policy and put a chronic illness rider on there. Chronic illness starts paying out when after 90 days, you have lost two of six activities of daily living for 90 days or have cognitive impairment for 90 days. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it, right? You know, sounds a lot like long-term care, 
uh, with it as well. So, but with the, with the life insurance, you get to use the death benefit tax-free to help cover the cost of your long-term care. Uh, and if you never need it and you die, that tax-free death benefit pays out to your family. So at least money gets back out of it while you're alive in there as well. How long have you been insurance licensed? Uh, 12 years now. Yeah. 12 years. Mm-hmm. So have you seen trends in long-term care with the companies that offered it? How the well, most companies did? don't even offer long-term care anymore. Like they, they realize that business model was flawed from the beginning. So this is why I say the people that I do see with long-term care policies, even the ones that I look at and say, that is a good policy that you have right there. Um, I know when they get into their 80s, they're probably going to see their premiums going up every single year where they have to pay more and more. Uh, the companies will probably offer them a buyout at some point just to try and get them out of the policy uh, because they know it's not sustainable uh, with it as well. So this is why my, even if you look at the the coverages, I think it says only about 8 to 9% of people have long-term care coverage in the country. However, it doesn't factor in the chronic illness coverage that I talked about. It just talks about who has long-term care. So again, that statistic is even misleading because there are people who do have things that protect them, but the government may not be counting it properly in there as well. So, you know, again, it's about finding your options and seeing what's available. And if long-term care nursing home is a concern of yours, you want to be talking to a financial professional, a tax professional, and an estate planning attorney. So that way you can get the perspective of all three on what makes sense for your assets and how to position yourself uh, to either be able to afford paying for the best coverage as long as you can afford to pay for it uh, with it as well, or ultimately how to protect your money and let the government pay for it. But realistically, you may not be getting the care you want in that situation as well. Robert, heck with long-term chair insurance. I'm just going to do an irrevocable trust Mm -hmm. and protect my money from it. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I I always warn people. So if you do that and you you talk to an attorney about this and always consult, consult attorneys, consult multiple attorneys. Okay. Don't, don't make decisions like this without getting a second opinion, but realistically irrevocable trust. First off, you have to be willing to give up control of your assets to someone else. So you have to trust someone to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to let you be in charge of my house while I live there. And if, if they wanted to kick you out of the house, (laughs) You know, I mean, they, 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 they have control over these assets. So you really got to trust that person uh, and have them move the money out for five to seven years, depending on what you're talking about in there. Um, and anytime you want to use that money, you have to get that person's permission to use that money as well, too. So if you have $100,000 in a bank account and an irrevocable trust that's managed by your children and you want to take $5,000 out, your children have to be the one to give you permission to say it's OK to take the $5,000 out right? Like if you're comfortable living that way, that's great. But what I always ask people about is, okay, let's say you have $500,000 and your house and you wanted to protect all of that from nursing home, right? Like if I could protect that and when I go into the nursing home, the government's going to pay for my care. Most people would say, sign me up. You know, that sounds like a great deal. Uh, I'm not proposing that's a possibility. I'm just saying hypothetical here. Uh, But Realistically, what I ask them is, okay, when you go into the nursing home, the government's going to pay for your care. Are you going to get the best care you can possibly get? Or are you going to get the care that the government's willing to pay for? 
Well, you're going to get the care the government's willing to pay for. Yeah. What room are you going to be living in? Are you in the room by yourself with cable TV and all the things that you want, a refrigerator for the extra food and snacks that you like to eat? Uh, no, you're in the room that the government's willing to pay for, and they're only going to give you $50 a month to provide yourself with whatever the nursing home will not be providing you. So if you want your own food or cell phone or cable in your room, you have $50 a month to provide yourself with those things. Could you spend out the last years of your life in that condition, looking at all that money, all those assets over there and saying, eh, I don't want to spend any of that money. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to use that to pay for better care for myself while I'm, you know, in my most vulnerable years. I want my kids to have all that money. Some people will. Some people will say that. But, you know, in the end, be honest with yourself about what you want. Are you going to use your money to provide yourself with the best lifestyle you can for as long as you can? Uh, or are you going to do everything you can to preserve your money for your family? And you really don't care what conditions you're living your last years in. Right. Like it's my last years. I'm going to be dead anyways, Robert. What ha whatever happens, happens. OK, there's no right or wrong here. It's your life. It's your money. It's your assets. Build the plan that makes sense for you, but build a plan. Don't just do nothing. And when you're building that plan, look at your different options. So this is what we do when we walk people through the clear retirement solution. And that's our complimentary process. We take people through when they come meet with us in either our Worcester or Wadsworth office uh, to show you where you stand and what red flags we see. And are you on track for meeting the goals that you've told us you want for retirement? and the rest of your life. Uh, it's a simple process. It takes a little bit of time to go through. In the end, we want to meet with you and get to know you and get you, let you get to know us uh, as we move through the process. But Realistically, if you're trying to figure out where you stand with all the craziness in the world, the markets, inflation, social security, all these things, uh, you know, how do I shape up, Robert? Am I on track to retire or should I be working longer? Then you're looking at the clear retirement solution. It's there to help answer those questions for you. And all you need to do to schedule a complimentary time is call 330-804-0123. Again, that's 330 330- 804-0123, or you can even call and sign up for our workshops on the 8th or 9th of November uh, out at the Galaxy Restaurant and Banquet Center up in Wadsworth. We're going to be talking Social Security that night. But whether it is fraud, whether it's inflation, whatever it may be, taxes, the things that are costing you money, the best thing you can do is start to build a plan to figure out how you're going to tackle those problems and take advantage of whatever opportunities are in front of you. And we'll do everything we can to help you along the way. But I think that's about all the time we have for our bonus segment of the podcast this week. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. We hope you had a great time and got some great information. We'll be back next week with more of the Wealth of Ohio show and podcast cast.